This is Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From the UK, I'm Dave Knott, and joining me from New Zealand is Dave Wood. Dave, on on my side of the world, the keynote started at five o'clock in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Unlucky. (laughs) Yeah. Um, which I think is actually not as bad as it could be. Um, I know that, that some people in Australia, it was kind of like three o'clock in the morning. And I think that that for me is probably worse because you get stuck between like, okay, do I get up then or do I stay up for it? You know, so at least my choice was clear. Get an early night, you know, got myself up at 4.45, I think, um, and kind of beeline straight for my uh, my espresso machine. Um, then kind of made a nest in front of the TV because um, it's cold and it's winter here. Um, yep, and then there I was watching the the keynote with uh, all of the emojis blinking into to life around the world as it sort of did that um, that opening scene before we yeah. had the proper keynote. Was that actually fed from like actual data, or, or were they just like randomly popping up for a fact? I think it. I think it was pre-done. I, I, yeah, I don't think it was uh, real data. No. Um, I was just kind of sat there thinking. I thought, well, actually, there's like the whole privacy angle to that as well. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. If they were doing that, it's like, oh, I'm not sure Apple would do that. What did you think? Because obviously, it's all a bit weird this uh, this year, for obvious reasons. Um, the new remote format. I, I kind of liked it in some ways. Um, I, I, I must admit, like in terms of the production and everything else about it all... Um, I think the opening, obviously, with with Tim Cook, uh, kind of in a on a on a stage in front of no audience, that was that was quite powerful. Actually, I mean, he sort of addressed the general state of of everything um, before getting into any of the detail, and I think that was quite appropriate. Um, I must admit, I kind of had you know had the feels, as it were, at that moment, just a sense of kind of like, well, yeah, okay, this is this is a definitely a, a different kind of setting a different kind of, of scenario and, and obviously you know no, no, no developers are in town all together physically which is a big part of it all and and you know that that kind of came to home in that opening bit i mean having never been i don't really have any sort of attachment to the kind of classic format yeah other other than the, the keynote um I mean, in, in a way, it being pre-recorded was kind of nice because I always feel this sense of anxiety on behalf of the presenters. <laughs> yes. Almost like, you know, please, like, just, just don't mess it up because I don't want you to mess up and it's uncomfortable for everyone if you do mess up. And it was kind of nice knowing that it was all going to go off without a hitch in, in that sense. Yeah. Um, and I guess to echo what you said about, like, Tim Cook's opening, like, when he had just sat there on the stool, us as the audience looking at an empty theatre behind him that should be full of people at that moment, really. Um, yeah, you know, it, it it set the tone. You know, the, in that this uh, this is different, and we're not trying to hide it. Was kind of like the, the tone I got from it, and the, the subtext was, you know, this is all very sad, and you know, it's all very messed up. We know it, you know it, but we're going to do our best. That was that yep. was kind of the, the the tone I picked up from it. But yeah, I thought as a result of it being pre-recorded, the pace was brilliant. Um, it just seemed to keep going and going and going and going, like all this stuff after stuff after stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, re- really cool. I really enjoyed it. 
Um, not it, least because there wasn't any third-party demos. I always just kind of switch off during those. And yes, same. You kind of know they're coming as well in the old format. It's like, okay, so you've shown us technology or spoken about technology X, and you've told us how amazing it is, and then as soon as you hear the words, and I'd like to invite up, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You're just going to demo go. the very thing you've just spoken about for 10 minutes. I completely get. I don't need to hear about it or see any more about it, but no, we have to sit <laughs> through this like game demo or AR ping pong demo or, or whatever it is that like you know, you're trying to really push this year. Yeah, I kind of feel like I never need that. It's like, I get it. You've done enough. Let's, let's move on. But There's always that kind of cringe um, when they have the third-party demos come on and... And again, that bit of you that, that you were saying about sort of feeling like, you know, don't, don't mess it up, just don't mess it up. It kind of like doubles for those guys because um, they're not Apple. Yeah. Um, and this could be their big break if they're like a small company. Yeah. Or it will be all over, you know, all, all over the, the web if they really mess it up as well. I think that's, that's the bit of that that's sort of really... Um, is there isn't it you know that if there's the slightest slip up it's going to be all over various sites and twitter and the rest of it and and such a big big magnifying glass that's put on people Mm. so yeah yeah, i i I feel like the format was pretty good in that regard it's just a whole sense of there being a lot do you know like it's sort of finished up and i sort of felt a bit kind of like whoa okay this is going to take me a moment. Yeah, I think I said to you on Tuesday morning, you were like, what did you think? I was like, honestly, I just feel numb. Like, I, yeah. don't, I don't know what to think at this point. There's just so much. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, we, we thought about doing a show straight afterwards, um, sort of like trying to get in there quick, as it were, but I think that would have been the, the wrong decision in hindsight. But yeah, there's some, b- b- obviously, big announcements. Uh, should we start with Big Sur? Yeah, go for it. Big Sur. <laughs> <laughs> Weird name, huh? <laughs> That's a place name, right? Yeah. I, yeah, it's like a part of some part of the coastline of California, I'm led to believe. Um, okay. I'd never heard of it. And, but then I hadn't heard of any of these places until Apple Make an OS called them. Like Mavericks, I had no idea. Yosemite, I didn't even know existed, much to my shame. Um, it seemed everyone else around me did. Um, remember when that first came out, I thought it was called Yosemite? Right, yes. I started hearing, <laughs> I started hearing yeah. people call it Yosemite. I was like, oh, good job. I didn't say that out loud before I heard someone else say it. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I, I think Big Sur is definitely a big moment for the Mac, like big time. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking at my notes right now, and my first initial notes was um, just one line that says, this is convergence with iPad OS. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think I messaged you saying, is the Mac becoming the iPad or is the iPad becoming the Mac? And you were like, kind of both. And I was like, oh yeah, I suppose it is. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I, I, it's the first time we've, I guess, had a proper um, glimpse of, is it Alan Dye, um, the design executive? Mm-hmm. Uh, with like the whole intro video that they did for the design of it. And I guess that makes sense. Like, you know, Johnny's out the door now and I guess they kind of need someone to be that more public face and i guess this was a good opportunity to present him to those that perhaps don't know him at this point one thing i thought was interesting that a lot of the language he used you could have almost lifted that out of the ios 7 um release video the way they yeah. kept saying you know like controls recede as you don't need them and that, that all that kind of stuff very much feels like mac os is getting its ios 7 moment in in a lot of ways i still can't fathom how they kept it quiet you think of all the stuff that leaks. I mean, I guess it's because it's software. I guess so, but they've they've definitely kept a tight lid on it. 
uh, you, you're right. It, this sort of feels like it's, it's quite big for the Mac. It's quite big, and obviously for the Mac. But um, it, it's you know it's the biggest thing. They they kind of described this as being. Um, I can't remember the exact language that was used, um, but the fact that it's moving from OS 10 to OS 11, I think is appropriate. Yeah. You know, this is that big. This, this warrants that level of a, of a push. And given that in my, my Mac lifetime, as it were, I've only ever used OS 10 and seen the point releases to that each year, um, that, that have bumped it up, you know, all the way to 10 point, whatever. It, it, to me, that was a big deal. It's like, whoa, okay, yeah, right. We're in OS OS eleven now, and I think that's got to be what it's it's twenty years. It's got to be getting close because there's a lot of years where it was two years between releases, wasn't there? Um, it's only recently we've gone to the yearly thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so so this feels like a big deal. And I actually feel like yeah, OS twelve might me at all if next year is so OS twelve. <laughs> I, I kind of um, something like that. Yeah, yeah, or, or certainly within the next five years, I don't think they're going to be leaving it in, in the same way and just just bumping it by a point each year. Um, because I, I feel like as as incredible as as this change is, and as, as sweeping as the change is in terms of you know things being drawn straight from iPad OS almost, I still feel like this is this isn't done. This is going to bed in, and and we'll see that over this next year, and then there'll be some some tweaks and changes and a few things sort of honed in over, you know, in next year's release. Um, so I think the vision that we've got of it is not quite done yet. And I don't mean that it looks half finished. I just feel like there's a load of, um, a load of edges to this that we're not really going to understand until it's out there and in the wild. And you mentioned iOS seven and I feel like that had exactly that kind of process. You know, it was a very sweeping change that um, that changed an awful lot for designers and developers at the time. And then, if you compare between iOS seven, sort of through the versions, it it hones in as we go to eight, nine, ten. You know, the 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 um, the, the uh, I'm trying to think of exactly how to describe it, but the the harshness of of flat design, if you like with the iOS 7 represented seemed to kind of dial in and we got shadows come back and those sort of things. And I, I kind of feel like macOS is probably going to have its own kind of version of that. You know, whatever those those bits that perhaps don't work as well as they could on macOS. I, I hope the icons get dialed in over this beta season. I really um, do. They are um, <laughs> not good, I would argue. Uh, I don't know. It seems... They just look disjointed. If you look at them as a collection of icons, and I'm talking about just the you know, the apps that Apple ship with the OS. If you look specifically at like Messages and the FaceTime app, it almost looks like they've gone all the way back to iOS six. Like really heavy on the drop shadows, really heavy on sort of like right, the okay. sort of glowiness rather than like the message bubble, yeah, you know, like green background, white message bubble for the messages icon. You. Know, sort of ios 7 onwards that white message bubble has just been almost like a pure white whereas now this is like a white with this kind of 
glowy green texture in it with a really big drop shadow behind the message bubble itself really feels ios 60 to me um similarly for the for the facetime icon um just a little bit too heavy on on the shadows i would say in some cases and and, and like the kind of glow thing they've got going on um i saw a screenshot today of the there's like a battery screen in the settings um just take a look at that and you'll kind of get a feel of what i mean instantly like they've got this massive battery icon in there and it yeah it looks like it's lifted out of ios 6 it really does um which isn't necessarily a bad thing if the rest of the os was going in that direction but it's not it seems like the os in general is taking the kind of you know flat design route and to have those in there it seems really jarring to me um what I do love, actually, is the Safari icon, which surprised me because I've always been a proponent that the iOS version of the Safari icon, ever since iOS 7, has been awful. <laughs> um, and it's so similar, but they've done just enough to tweak it that it gets it to that sweet spot where I actually really like it. There's just enough shadow, there's just enough lift on some of the elements within it that it looks right. And I wish they'd do it for iOS 7. It still, to me, looks unfinished. Um, completely and utterly unfinished on on iOS you want that icon to come back across oh yeah definitely yeah i'd I'd love to see what they've done with the mac and bring it over to ios i think i think it's perfect um yeah so it's just um just a few things like that and in general i find it a little bit lacking in contrast specifically i'm thinking about the the menu bar being one one good example of that right it's kind of hard to know when the menu bar begins and ends against your wallpaper if your wallpaper's slightly the wrong color in a certain place yeah um again perhaps all the, I, I, I don't really know how stubborn apple are about designing things at this point like whether the decision's been made and that's it or whether there is room for kind of designy kind of tweaks once you're into beta season i think i think it's john syracuse was saying that when they did like the leopard uh they came out of leopard like the menu bar was like crazy like in terms of its like translucency you could barely see it and i think he said they kind of dialed that back when it was in beta so perhaps it's hope i don't know (laughs) but um overall i think this is really nice i mean there's there's been some people firing shots at it on on twitter i think specifically the whole low contrast thing where they showed like some um some icons saying like quickly which one is the one that's selected and obviously yep. you compare it to the old way versus the new way and it's obviously the old way because it's like a big kind of like selected state that it's in and it, you can't miss it um whereas this new way is a little bit more subtle so yeah i don't know it'd be, it'd be interesting to see if see what unfolds um d- during the beta season um yeah but on the whole i'm really excited for it i, lo- I love the fact that we're getting um like messages i know i've just really slated the icon but i love the fact that the app itself is hopefully going to get feature parity now it's on kind of the catalyst bandwagon yeah um that's going to be it's always felt like on the mac it's kind of the uh one that gets left out so yeah maybe might if there's 10 features in ios that year's version of ios you maybe get one or two of them that come to the mac if you're lucky does does this mean that we're going to get um the messages app store come across to mac os i sort of feel like maybe not this year but next year it could do yeah i hadn't really hadn't thought about that that's an interesting point yeah well like hopefully i, I guess those little details will come out because i mean it's wednesday now but yeah still quite early on in like little details coming out aren't we i suppose 
Um, but yeah, I thought Safari got a good um, good load of attention as well. Actually, the whole privacy thing is uh, quite quite yeah. an interesting angle. I can see myself spending a lot of time just visiting websites, and seeing how they chalk up, just to see what they do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So the privacy warnings on Safari are quite comprehensive, um, and I think yes, this is going to lead to to sites thinking about this more hopefully drive a bit of action in that regard yeah i mean none of this is new um certainly not new like lots of other you know various things have done this before but i think when apple does it it makes quite a big ripple yes because all of a sudden you've got their whole user base that you know a good percentage of them could become aware of this whereas before they were just completely unaware they didn't know they yep. even had to look out for this stuff, and now Apple's got a thing right in the kind of like menu, the top bar of Safari. Be like, hey, check this out, and then it basically tells you how bad or good the website you're on is. Um, so it could be good. Um, yeah. The extensions was an interesting thing as well. I thought that was quite Safari. Cool. Yep. Yeah, Safari extensions. Um, interesting timing actually, because the, I mean, I've been kind of like looking at specking a, a gaming tower. And obviously I've triggered the YouTube algorithm to whenever I go on any of these videos, I get an ad for, um, oh, what's it called? It's one of those coupon things that scans the internet when you're on a shopping website and puts a coupon code in for you. Okay. And I've triggered that. So I get that ad every time I look at anything to do with like gaming PC hardware. <laughs> um, you get all these tech YouTubers that are like, you know, influencers that are trying to tell you how great this plugin is. So I thought, oh, go on and I'll give that a go. I started reading like the, what it can do and it's like it has access to all your browsing history and everything it's like it's like you could be have access to it sure and never ever use it but it's still it keeps running yeah i was just a little bit uncomfortable with that it's like they could be totally reputable for all i know i don't really know anything about it but the kind of privacy conscious developer in me was like oh i don't like that um you've tried it haven't you You've, you've got it installed on your Mac if you've, you've created another yeah. partition. So I did the whole APFS container. Yeah. Um, installed Catalina to that container and then installed the profile and did the upgrade. Slightly unsure as to whether that was the wisest idea because I guess you could say the best way to do it is off of an SSD perhaps. Yeah. Uh, like an external SSD. But, you know, touch wood, it's worked. So... <laughs> Yeah, I think for me it's um, this is obviously the biggest change in the Mac in years and I've been getting a little bit, I wouldn't say bored of like what we've got, but just this has been kind of like a welcome change. It's um, it's given a whole new fresh look to the Mac and I guess a lot of people are going to be uncomfortable with it to start with and there's probably going to be those little growing pains as we go, like you were saying much in the same way that iOS 7 went 100% on like the really harsh flat design and then gradually sort of step back year by year by year by year. Yeah. Um, I can definitely see the same thing happening, but I think overall um, this is this is really cool. Really, really cool. I'm excited for it a lot. And it's weird to think that all this is happening when they're also doing a massive transition in terms of their silicon, which I guess we should talk about. Um, yes. But I kind of... <laughs> This is what I was just thinking about, like, 
this whole like RMAC, RMAC, what they're going to do about the RMACs, all the way through the presentation, I was like, yeah, iOS 14 looks great, but show me that RMAC. Yeah. <laughs> and then they started talking about like the way they redesigned the whole OS. I was like, where has this come from? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I mean, if they can pull it off, fair play. Um, I'll take my hat off to them. Um, but yeah, we should definitely talk about this whole uh, silicon situation. So, um, yeah, I mean, like the name... Um just referring to it as Apple Silicon rather than ARM, I think yeah. was interesting. I, I don't think they're going to be saying Apple Silicon for very long. I think they, that's almost like a placeholder name. I really don't know. Um, I, I feel like Apple Silicon gives them the uh, the free range over time for things to, to no longer be ARM or to diverge from specs, you know, quite majorly and call it out and get to own it and get to direct it in the way that they want. Um, I, I guess any time that it becomes a chip that they have had the the design you know, influence over, then we're going to hear that referred to as Apple Silicon, whether it's ARM or whether it's, you know, the I'm trying to think, is it an F, FPGA or something that the coprocessor that can sit inside of the new Mac Pro? Oh. There's another board, isn't there? Yeah, the uh, what's it, the afterburner, they call it. That's right, yeah. So things like that would also be like, you know, where it's something that Apple have designed, it then becomes Apple Silicon. If you see mm. what I mean, regardless of, of it being ARM or anything else under, underneath. I think it's mostly because they haven't actually got a chip that they're willing to talk about yet. <laughs> so they had to call it something, and they certainly weren't going to call it ARM. Because um, people, cause, you know, a lot of people be like, "What's ARM?" Um, if yep. they call it Apple Silicon, it's like we've made it ourselves. It's ours. But I think when actually they've got a chip that they're willing to talk about in detail, you know, probably be called like the A14M or the you know whatever they decide to call it, a letter and a number probably. Um, I yep. imagine it will just go by that from this point because the developer transition kit is essentially the the ipad pro right in a in a mac mini yeah. case yeah um that isn't going to be what ships as a product no it's not they're going to come out probably with something based on the a14 architecture um but they can't talk about that yet because they're not ready to talk about that yet and that's you know that makes total yep. sense yeah it's they gave very little away about the actual hardware because i, I yeah. noticed when craig was um showing us was it photoshop and the first thing I noticed was like, oh, okay, so he's on he's on a six K display, so that's cool. Um, but what is it he's he's running it on? Because he's showing us all this really super powerful stuff, and it's like, is he running that on a developer transition kit, or is he running it on something we're not supposed to know about yet? And we still don't have the answer to that, so I guess we'll just no. have to have to wait and see. Um, but I guess they did answer the other big questions that we've had and often wondered about on the show. Um, the emulation of x86 being one of them um that's obviously going to be handled by rosetta 2 yes and again it makes sense you know it's quite a logical like craig said you know we've been here before <laughs> so yeah you have haven't you <laughs> so i guess it's no surprise that they're, that they're going to be doing this it seems like that's going to be pretty good though right it looked like it and then the um the translation that it does for that i mean they showed that running um showed that running games yeah um, Tomb Raider. And, 
yeah, and doing really quite well with it. And this is the thing you're sort of saying about whether it's going to be um, whether the unit that they did the demonstration on is the same as the the developer toolkit, or whether it's another chip we've not seen. I really, really hope it's exactly the same as the developer toolkit because the speed that we saw, the snappiness that we saw with all of the apps being demonstrated, if that's what the chip that's in the developer toolkit can do, which is the same as the iPad Pro, you know, un- under Mac OS, then I'm really excited to see what the new chips look like. You know, mm. because like that, that it looked it looked good. It looked slick. Everything we saw the the um, the game demo that that had been translated over from x86 and um, and Final Cut and Photoshop and all of those things. The snappiness that we saw on screen um, looked brilliant. So yeah. yeah, if there's new chips around the corner, that makes me even more excited. If you know those new chips were not what was demoed. I'd be interested to know what settings Tomb Raider was running at. I know they said it was running at 1080p, but to bring it back to what I was saying earlier about I'm looking at a spec in a gaming tower, a lot of the kind of reviews of graphics cards that you look at, quite often they'll use that game as a benchmark. And, you know, the latest and greatest cards puts those cards to work. That game, it's um, it's not, yeah. it's, you know, it's no joke. <laughs> so to, I would love to know what settings they're running at at because when you run that game at high it's um it's quite demanding and if they're running it at anything beyond like low um given it's also being translated via rosetta 2 that's incredible yeah even if it is running at low still pretty incredible but if they're running at anything beyond that that is incredible one thing that caught me a little bit off guard was the whole virtualization thing and they made a point about talking about virtualization as, as its own sort of feature Yes. And I, yeah, they, they demoed Linux a lot, didn't they? They did, and yeah. I went through the whole presentation thinking, oh, okay, so they're just like emulating x86 Linux, and yeah, just like you know, Ubuntu or, or whatever. But I don't think that's the case. They're actually demoing or virtualizing ARM versions of Linux because while Rosetta 2 can run x86 apps it seems it can't work with virtualization apps that are virtualizing an x86 platform, such as Windows or like, you know, an x86 Ooh. version of Linux. Okay. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't quite catch that when I watched it. So no, I didn't. Yeah, and I, that, I assumed, Oh yeah, you could just probably spin up windows 10 in there or x86, not like the arm version of windows. And mm-hmm. that'd be fine. Um, turns out you can't do that. So I don't okay. know how that's going to, make some people feel about that uh that feels like an edge that's going to be explored a little bit with when the uh, developer toolkits are out in the wild yeah um, i don't know because i'm guessing obviously boot camps out of the question as well um yes definitely out of the question because it's not going to be able to run it natively on the processor unless you run windows arm which again we're not even sure if they'll allow that for whatever reasons uh there is the ability to boot off a different drive and to set up um, an alternative operating system. I was reading a thread yesterday where people were exploring that side of things. I think you really? have to turn off Secure Boot or something like that. Oof, um, okay. And then you can you can choose. Um, it's a case of whether a distribution um, supports the chip 
and I think in the case of Windows, it's it's the same story. If they wanted to support the chip and bring uh, Windows across, then it would be able to boot natively. So yeah, it's going to be again. This is so early. We're like two days after the keynote, and there's there's a load that's going to come out, I guess, uh, over time. But yeah, I could see that maybe being a little bit of a problem for some people if there's just no real resolution to that. Yeah. Because I think a lot of developers kind of, they probably need Windows at some point for whatever they're doing, um, unless you're just solely an iOS developer. And it may be that, okay, fine, you can run an ARM version of Linux, but then you want to run Apache, you want to run all this stuff, well, there has to be ARM versions of that as well. Mm -hmm. So It has to compile and run under whatever the alternative is. Exactly. So it might be that, okay, great, I can load up an OS virtualized as ARM, but it could be that the software that you're using as a developer on Linux is x86. So, yeah, yeah, I'm going to watch that one unfold. It could be interesting that just to see what happens. Um, it might be that the old Intel Macs suddenly have a load of a value associated to them for, for a certain type of user. Yes. Yeah. I, and, and that might be, you know, again, that might be part of what's going on here because we still don't know yet how long they're going to keep bringing out uh, Max across this year with Intel chips in. As well, Tim well. Cook did say, didn't he, that it's going to be a two-year transition. And yeah. The wording was really quite interesting. I'm going to have to go back and check the actual wording. I think he said we're going to release and support Intel-based Macs for many years to come. Mm-hmm. So the many years to come, does that mean the support bit or the release bit or both? Well, obviously both. If it's but um, yeah. I would guess support is what he meant. Yep. I think it's a case of um, of assuring that they're not just suddenly going to drop them in a couple of years in terms of the latest version of macOS. Yeah. But to do it in um, two years is really aggressive. It is. It is. Given that I, I've... I don't know where I've got this from now, but the sense I get for the um, the production line for a new model is like we're talking a progression of three years for sort of updated you know big changes to 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 the max mm. that you know that that's sort of the seeds of that um started three years out each time that we see a major revision so two years feels like yeah it's quite aggressive and that they've they've really are doing something internally to just spin everything up and get get across as quickly as they can so so, so does that mean we're going to get a arm mac pro within two years i don't know or, or do they you know drop the mac pro so they don't have to <laughs> or do they just keep selling the old model for for ages until they've they've finally got the solution for that but then like if you take them at their word two years and say mm-hmm. that we're going to complete this transition within two years what defines it being complete yeah and i i would suggest that that is every new model mac is arm from that point on uh i don't know i've I'm, given yeah. given the last you know 10 years with the mac pro or well seven years really if i think back to the the trash can i it would not i would not put it past them to just keep chucking out the intel version until they're absolutely ready and maybe going beyond that two years Hmm. Um, and potentially, well, the 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 um, the cue for that, if you like, will be 
if there is an update to it inside of the next two years that is Intel still of, of any significant bump. If that's the case, then you have to assume that it's going to be a, a, a quite a bit further out from that before we get the ARM chips in there. Blimey, yeah. It's, just, it's a staggering thought to think that you can have a Mac Pro running ARM. Yes. Like, what does that look like? You know, like a 1024 core kind of <laughs> processor? Like it's, um, yeah, the mind boggles. It really does. I wouldn't put it past them. Like what, no. they've, what they've shown they can do is it, it's, it's incredible. Uh, it does make me look at my 16-inch MacBook in a slightly different way now, sort of like, oh, you're all old and <laughs> <laughs> Intelly. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not going to stop working, so that's that's what I need to keep in mind. It's not. It's really not. And and I mean, I had the same sort of vibe of like, oh right, okay, I've just you know maxed out the well, I've bumped up to 32 gig the uh, RAM in my Mac Mini. I've given it a new SSD to boot from. I sort of looked and thought, hmm, I'm not sure this will be the machine I'm using this time next year. Um, really? Yeah, just as soon as that 14-inch um, MacBook Pro is out, I'm going to want it. Hints to buy. Pretty much. I don't have the cash set aside for it yet, so that's something to think about. But yeah, just looking at the, um, the Mac Mini on my desk and kind of feeling like, well, I think your days are... Your days with me are numbered. 